Welcome to another Sad Songs podcast. Today we're having a Bright Eyes off. We're all going to bring a Bright Eyes song to the podcast and talk about why we think it's a sad song and why we think Bright Eyes in general are a band that writes some sad songs. So we've got uh, our usual Sad Songs podcast crew. We've got Russell. Hiya. We've got Joe. Hello. And we've got Kenneth. Hello. We're going to do the Bright Eyes songs chronologically and that means it falls on, on me to go first. And my Bright Eyes song is going to be one called, and I'm going to call it, Casabel Removes the Undesirables. J-E-T-S-A-B-E-L, um, which may be pronounced Jezebel, or a version of, but in the song he says Casabel, so I'm going to go for, for Casabel throughout the description. This is a song that was an, an outtake or an additional song on the album Fevers and Mirrors, and... It was initially only released, I think, on a Japanese edition and then gained popularity um, as a, a fan song. And I think on the releases, uh, the re-releases, it, it also was put on them and has gained a bit of popularity. So it pulls together a lot of the themes that we find in the album Fevers and Mirrors. So we hear about fevers, uh, mirrors, clocks, time, um, the colours gold and green, and a lot of the the other themes that reoccur in them recur in this one. Why do I think it's quite a sad Bright Eyes song? I'll start by saying something a bit weird, which is that the Bright Eyes lyrics aren't as good or as sad as I remember them being when I was trying to think which Bright Eyes song I was going to bring to this. And one of the things that sort of struck me is one of the things I, I think find quite sad about Bright Eyes is the the quality of the singing. And it's something that I said regarding Jenny Lewis and Rilo Kiley that I found the Rilo Kiley stuff, which is a bit more ramshackle and really requires some emphasis on certain bits that she wants to get through to you to be a better vessel for for sadness. I think that might be the same with some of these Bright Eyes songs. When you look at the words on on a page, they're not always super sad. But when you listen to the song, it's something about his delivery and his ability to to really um, sing it like a broken man, which uh, gets through to you. So what have we got going on in uh, in Casabelle? Uh, we start off with um, this uh, description of someone being stuck somewhere and someone having left him. So we've got a narrator who's stuck in a house and she has gone to some other town. And then we hear him kind of wandering around this house like a ghost, seeing grim sights, standing by the, the gate in the cold, walking through the snow. There's a few quite sad lines here and there. Um, Today I walked through the snow and found a field of headstones in rows like the weeks on calendars where each box is a day you can never escape without pills or the poison of sleep. And this is quite a sad sentiment, isn't it? I mean, the the days are a kind of cage that you don't want them, that they just pile up, that there's no escape. There's certainly this feeling in in early Bright Eyes, and particularly around the Fevers and Mirrors album, that time itself is the enemy, and time passes too slowly, time passes horribly, that we're kind of locked and stuck in this sort of a time in which nothing really happens. And one of the things I find interesting about Bright Eyes and, qu- and quite kind of strange is is how young he was when he wrote this record and how he's almost intuited quite a lot of stuff, which is actually quite complex philosophy. You know, there's quite a lot of very, very tricky concepts here about time and existence and quite a lot of the symbolism he uses and the way he uses that symbolism. It's almost like he's just 
kind of started, well, not started writing songs, but he's got to this uh, point very early on in his songwriting career. I think he's about 19 or 20 here. And and he's he's managed to just um, represent these concepts really quite quite well in musical form. I mean, better than almost anyone else has managed to do it. Um, so yeah, we've got this notion of time being slow and we've got this notion of the fever, I think, is this dream of escaping from this. And what's interesting about the fever is, you know, the fever breaks. So what we are hoping for with the fever is this idea that there's going to be some kind of phase change at the end of it, right? You, you, you're in this illness, you're in this state, the fever comes and eventually the fever breaks. What we find in uh, Casabelle is the fever doesn't break. Um, the clocks kept waving their hands. She could not understand why my temperature would never drop. So it's like we're kind of stuck in this place in which the relief never comes. Just time always goes slowly, slowly, slowly. One other thing to maybe mention here is that there's a bit of um, a bit of a reliance on um, a song, a, a poem called Annabelle Lee, written by Edgar Allan Poe, and some of the um, some of the symbolism in this comes from uh, Annabelle Lee. Some of the words are, are lifted from it, and that's also about um, well, it's about a, a young lady dying, as so many of Poe's poems are, and. A lot of the elements from the song, are, uh, the poem, are appropriated here and appropriated rather rather deftly uh, and mixed with the material from uh, Fevers and Mirrors, creating quite a, a nice impression. So what did we think about this one? Uh, Russ, what do you think? Well, um, I mean, I, I, I didn't know initially, um, well, the song in its entirety, I didn't know initially when he had mentioned it. I, uh, I was fresh to it. Um, I've known Bright Eyes I'd say, reasonably well. It's it's not one I was familiar with. So, um, start off with on first listen. Um, I've I, I can't think of a more depressing sounding song really. Um, I mean, the, 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 what struck me at first was the, the kind of um, there's a lot of background noise in in the recording. Um, there's something going off in the background anyway. I'm not quite sure what it is, but it kind of adds this kind of fragile edge to it. Um, and I guess. Connor's voice has this kind of this fragile nature to it. It kind of breaks in parts. It doesn't quite sort of fit in parts. And, uh, you know, and then there's this kind of weird vocal effect at the, the end of certain phrases. So at first I thought it was the end of each verse, but then it would happen mid-verse. And it, it was quite sort of haunting, quite, um, you know, the, the, the sound of it um, in its entirety. It's, it's really quite a haunting, depressing, sad song. Um, and the next thing I thought is I couldn't really pass the lyrics too too well. There seemed to be a few references that I wasn't able to kind of necessarily um, pick apart. I mean, I did notice there was a, a mention of Arianette. Um, I sort of recognised the song Arianette from Fevers and Mirrors, and, and obviously that's some kind of reference to to that character in that one. I don't quite know who that is. And then the Annabelle Lee thing came up, and uh, I had to go to Google again and uh, and found that that was the poem by Edgar Allan Poe, which I, I then sort of listened to on YouTube. And, and I kind of thought, yeah, the same as you, there's quite a good appropriation of those, those uh, some of the same words, same sentences, slightly um, collaged into, into the end verse of, uh, of this song. Um, and I, I thought it was quite apt as well that the, uh, the line... Uh, the one of the lines that was taken from it was about bright eyes. So it kind of got me into a, a trail of thought, thinking, well, is is this where the bright eyes name was taken from? I, I don't actually know what the answer to that is. I don't know where the bright eyes name came from, but uh, but yeah, and then and I think you're right about the the delivery. Um, you know, 
Conor Roberts is, is, is this kind of delivery which is makes you feel sorry for him. He needs a hug, um, and, uh, <laughs> and 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 the, the the other concept that you mentioned was was this of the the the, the fever, and I think that's been um, you know to to relate a, a kind of a physical illness to what appears to be an, an emotional turmoil that is going through. Um, you know this this kind of sickness, as it were. Um, is uh, I think a, a device that has been used quite frequently in Bright Eyes and quite frequently um, across a whole load of other literature. But it also kind of reminded me of of the fever in, I guess, one of his good friend's songs, um, uh, Tim Casher in The Good Life, Some Bullshit Escape, mm-hmm. right, the same sort of fever. Um, and, you know, it, it, maybe there's something going around Omaha at the time, I don't know. Um, but, 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 yeah, no, I think... Uh, it's a, it's a song that I'd not heard before. It's one that I didn't necessarily strike me as one of the the the, the, the more engaging bright eye songs I've heard, but certainly one of the more depressing ones I've heard. <laughs> Joe, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm we've been just before, weren't we? And I'm weirdly, I was sort of relatively familiar with this one, um, but obviously, it's not on the album, is it? So it's sort of, um, you know. Slightly harder to track down. I I don't know. I have a sneaking suspicion. Maybe it was on one of your inappropriate um, mixes you made for me, Steve, at a hard time. But, Possibly. Um, <laughs> it is a deeply uh, sorrowful song, isn't it? It's. Um, I mean, I, I I I really like it. I listened to it a number of times, sort of yesterday and today. It did take me a little bit to get back into it. It was kind of familiar, but I, you know, not that familiar. And it's one of those ones. It's pretty long, isn't it? I think it's kind of a it's kind of a slightly meandering feel to it um I was really taken actually and somewhat distracted by all the background noise in it I don't know I'm sure at one point I heard someone say shit as they'd like drop something but I don't know <laughs> like but there's all sorts of clattering going on but I remember that's I think I haven't listened to the actual you know uh, fevers and mirrors properly in quite a while I think that whole album's a bit like that isn't it so I think it's within that sort of aesthetic I do think that adds a little something to it um and his delivery I mean it's just it's sort of, it's him at, you know, one of the, the lower ebbs he sounds like in his sort of um, canon, if you like. And and that's obviously quite, it just sounds incredibly fragile, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it certainly is a sad song. Um, I like it a lot. I could sort of imagine why it wasn't on that album, but at the same time it does, it kind of ticks all the boxes to be a part of it, if you know what I mean? In terms of uh, bright eye stuff with stuff on, going on in the background, there's there's one of the other songs that I consider my shortlist for this session called February the Fifteenth, his happy birthday song to himself, and I think that's got Hoover on in the background. <laughs> oh, really? Like, Winter ends. I don't know. There's one of those uh, songs in my era where there's just a constant Hoover drone in the back. A little bit lax, isn't it? A little bit lax. Ken, what did you think of this one? <laughs> I loved it actually, but um, I was just going to follow on from some of these noises in the background and this kind of distortion was it was quite subtle, and I mean it. It was only the fact that it tended to happen at similar points in verses, which made me think, oh, it's, it's really kind of intentionally. I, I wondered at first if it wasn't just the dodgy recording I had of it. I mean, he was when he was talking about being like a ghost, there was this kind of like he was disappearing into kind of this world of noise around him, which I quite liked. Um, I, I thought this was a really interesting one from a kind of psychoanalytical perspective. And some of the kind of geekier aspects of the psychoanalysis, I think I'll just bug Stephen with later on, the re- on this week rather than bo- boring everybody else with. Um, but, I mean, the thing that really grabbed me was um, the kind of position that the, that the character in this adopts. It, it, apropos of the Edgar Allan Poe um, 
poem, which has always one, been one of my favourites. So I was really quite delighted when I came across this halfway through. Um, it, in just about every Alan, Edgar Allan Poe story, um, it's always about a woman who's died um, but can't be she's kind of she's actually really dead but some for some reason she can't be kind of symbolically laid to rest um the main character the 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 guard, the man is usually just in this kind of really intense state of mourning and is basically dead to the world shutting himself off um this is one of the more romantic um poems which is just you know sort of pure loss the guy is constantly laying down by this kind of sepulchre by the seaside um trying to trying to deal with this sense of loss he's got because Annabelle Lee's died um in most of the stories and poems it's it's much more sinister than that there's a kind of the character is a ghost coming back to haunt this guy um what I found interesting in this one is that um, Oberst's poetry, uh, you know, that 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 he uh, sort of reworks from uh, Poe, puts him in this exact uh, opposite position. So he's not really the mourner in a sense; he's the one that's being mourned, which I think is uh, is it, it adds a kind of really sinister edge as well as um, the the kind of abject sorrow. That's got it's part of this kind of slightly narcissistic emo thing of you know how people will mourn me when I go rather than I'm mourning. You know, kind of becoming the object of loss um oneself i think is a particularly interesting interesting aspect um yeah i did like the song a lot um and i'm sure i'd heard it before it's just i couldn't quite remember where because it is it is only on as Stephen said these um sort of particular editions of the album and i could only get that from youtube um but yeah it's one that i'll listen to again I think one of the saddest um, lines in all the bright eyes is this uh, oh my Casabelle, look at this hell that i have made and he really sings it like, um, you know, a man who has made himself a uh, hell. And, um, you know, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder that he probably didn't have the chance to, but he was so young when he wrote this song. But he seems to have kind of intuited that grief, uh, just absolutely beautiful. Uh, again, a few lines later, you know, yeah, that's fine. Throw the dresses away. I don't want anything of hers. Just this absolute like renunciation of everything and just total grief. It is rather, rather sad. So I haven't been to the um, registry office yet to uh, register uh, Ellie. She's um, 10 weeks old, but all the registry offices are closed. And, uh, you know, depending on how much time is lagged, there's still just a tiny chance when I get there, I'm going to be tempted to uh, throw in Casabella's middle name. Oh, I thought you were going to say Annabelle. I've um, I've taught two or three students over the years who are called Annabelle Lee, and I, they always end up being my favourites. Um, show them undo favoritism. Well, your favoritism is something to uh, save the girl Dear me. Any final comments on this one? No. <laughs>